I'm Tom Saunders, getting through this in an almost comically hot Los Angeles. And I'm Scott Blakeman in Brooklyn, New York, where on previous episodes of this program, I announced that I would begin reading a book, a feat I've not finished in a few years. Last night, I finally did it. Not the Johnny Carson book I pledged to resume reading on page 62, but something more topical, The Great Influenza by John Battery. Yes, the book is the story, and one of only a handful written, about the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. Spoiler alert, it didn't start in Spain. I've read the seven-page prologue, and already I've learned some fascinating details, Tony. Will it be light reading on the beach for the next couple of weeks? Will I now and forevermore carry a weighty tome under my arm on public transport? Keep listening, dear reader, to find out. Scotty, uh, this is exciting news. It's um, dramatic news, if you put it in the context of the Johnny Carson book that I gave you so many years ago and you got up to page 62 on. Um, do I feel a certain amount of uh, envy or, or jealousy about this new book that's taken over the t- uh, shunted aside the Johnny Carson book? I'll have to drill down on that. I I I, I want I, I want to be I want to feel like hey, read whatever book you want. Don't finish books. Start new books before you finish them. I want to be that person, uh, but I can't say that I that I don't feel a little frisson of gee, you know. <laughs> uh, well, I did think about that, Tommy, when I embarked on that book. I did think yes, I had promised you and the readers that. The first book back in, you know, jumping back in uh, would be the Johnny Carson book. And I planned on doing that. And then the pandemic, you know, and I felt, what can I do not just to get back into reading, but to help uh, our country? And I thought, since most of our leaders don't really know anything about history or science, if I read this book and then they may just call upon me. So I just want to have the information. And it's yeah. really, really yep. exciting. So I think uh, it's, that 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 part of it I do understand not yeah. now see since you explained that uh, it, it's very unlikely let's be honest that somebody's going to call you up from uh, the UN you know the, the, the uh, and say frantically trying to find out what you know about Johnny Carson that's just let's just stipulate that that's not likely to happen but <laughs> from the people will, will very it's very plausible that you'll get a call from the CDC maybe after this podcast even yeah, and yeah. say help us you know we're calling it we're just dialing random people in the phone book you know they s- still have phone books over at the CDC I assume okay. and uh and and we need we need help you'll be ready with your I- information that you've gleaned from this 1918 book about the 1918 great influence is it the 1918 flu- oh yes influence? 19 flu- yes right. and it's uh you know and really the only were a handful of books which the most amazing thing is, you know, we think what we're going through is going to be talked about forever. But the 1980 pandemic was forgotten and it was way worse than what we're going through. Literally forgotten. There's no there's one memorial in the whole country that someone had a fight to do. So you would think this is one of the billion books about it. There's like four. Wow. So the question is, will this I think, Tommy, they'll be writing books about our podcast. There'll be hundreds of them about this era. But the pandemic itself, who knows? That yeah, no, that's an interesting point. We can only assume that books will continue to be written, by the way. Uh, uh, that's definitely books are uh, uh, it, it, there was a, a fear back in the 1950s 
when television became so popular and books became less popular that it would television would end books right and here we are some 70 years later and people there's so many books coming out just about uh, trump i just saw a book about melania's assistant uh, 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 has put out a book about melania there's massive numbers of books coming out, Scotty. Yeah, yeah and, I don't know what the numbers are. I think more people are reading than ever. Not, you know, phys- physical books, but on their Kindles and the, well, all of that. But this but, brings, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, yeah. I just want to say this brings me to the point that I was heading for, uh, which is, and, and, I, do th- and I, I, I do think this is a very uh, positive and uplifting message that I don't want to, I don't want to skate past or, or step over. Uh, when you said, Will I now and forever more carry a weighty tome under my arm on public transport? That's that's interesting. Would, would it be a weighty tome or would it be a, an iPad? We don't know. Uh, but then you said, keep listening, dear reader, to find out. Now, Scotty, yeah. first, let's answer the email about how you turned a cliche on its head. The, the, the exci- uh, 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 when you told dear readers to keep listening. And I agree with you, Scotty. Readers should also be able to listen at the same time. That was not a mistake. That was a challenge. That was not uh, when you said to tell, keep, uh, keep listening, dear reader. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, because readers, yes. yeah, exactly. Readers, U.S. senators tell us they can walk and chew gum at the same time. Why can't readers listen to Scotty? I think that alone makes this uh, podcast uh, valuable. I mean, well, well, I'm just going to say it. Well, Value. we try to, you know, we always call attention to expressions and whether neither should be changed. And I did do a little turn of the phrase there, but I always yeah, love very, very artful, I would say. Well, I love dear reader. Artful. And I, I, you know, and I do feel that our listeners are readers and they're dear to us. And uh, I felt like uh, I wanted to get that in there. But I, I and I wanted it. to head off that the, the yeah. prigs yeah. Uh, 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 who who think that they've. Uh, uh, that it's a gotcha moment uh, that uh, it, it, your um, your grammar. Oh, I don't know what would it be called, uh, but your syntax was wrong. No, 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 Scotty. Your what you're what you're calling for. I might even suggest some appropriate music to listen to, Scotty. Right. Well, exactly. If, that's if, a great thing while you're reading, and that's yeah. listening while you're reading. Sorry, yeah. people who are angry at us about that expression. You're the one who's wrong. If the, and by the way, if the influenza was in 1918, you could be listening to Stravinsky. I think. Uh, well, I think so. Uh, that would be a great choice. And from the reason why I, say, I loved in the old magazines, probably Saturday Evening Post, where they used to time the articles. I believe they would have reading time. They actually had it or college yes. or Liberty. Colliers Liberty used magazine. To do that. Collier. Yeah, and they would that get was... reading time, and which they should bring back, I think. Uh, but I so I like to think they've said, "Keep reading, dear reader, to find out something like that." But it, yes. but again, no one is reading what I'm saying now. So I thought, okay, keep the listening, but I am keeping the dear reader focus. So, so, yeah, was that was good. To, you know, I, I said, let's go with it. Right? No, no. Well, th- this is this this comes from planning what you're going to say and and working through the cliches or the expressions the expressions yeah. and possibly updating them uh, and thinking about them. So a lot of planning of uh, people don't realize how much work goes into just you saying something like, uh, keep listening to your reader to find out how many meetings, how much anguish, you know, with the creative staff and with yourself, 
Yeah. Try to come up with the, 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 and you came up with it. Keep listening, dear reader, to find out. You came up with that. And, and that could not have been an, an easy process. How, well, what, no. how, did, how did you begin that? Well, I knew generally with the Viennese stars, what do I want to get out there? And I want people to stay tuned. But that's sort of a little too colloquial for me. And uh, again, I hope. And also, that. we're talking about a podcast. So people don't tune into podcasts yeah. like they used to with radio. The same shows. way. No. And, uh, and I do like, again, hearkening back to the old magazines of, you know, Dear Reader and, and, and keep yes. reading Dear Reader. So I want to invoke that. But I had to acknowledge the indeed are listening. Uh, so how do I do that? And it took, well, frankly, uh, I would have started reading the book uh, much sooner, but I wasn't ready to come up with that line yet. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Find it out, you know, this is what <laughs> I mean. This also throws a light on why why there's, you know, that the reading process in your case and may, maybe in my case as well is slowed down because, well, we have to first think about what we're going to say about the book before we begin, you know, before we finish reading it. And, and, and um, sometimes that requires days, sometimes, hopefully sometimes it'll, you know, you'll get it in, in maybe a couple hours. But this is one of those things, uh, dear readers, keep listening. That obviously took days. Uh, uh, and those are days that you can't be reading the book. People don't understand that. No, uh, no. And I will say, though, we're, we are cheering for you to finish the book. And and praying that one day you'll d- dive back into the, the Carson book. But we understand that you that that this this readies you for any, you know, that call at three in the morning from the CDC. Scotty, Blakeman, we're desperate. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, and I appreciate your magnanimous reaction of that. Of course, the Carson book I want to finish. And yes, people probably wouldn't call three in the morning frantically about Johnny Carson. But it is possible someone might call. 8.30 in the evening in an inquisitive way about John. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So I'm that, weighing you know. both. And, and, and you right kind now, of want to be ready for that. I mean, that could be yeah. an awkward call because you'd be, you'd be like, uh, hi, Scotty. Uh, um, I'm, you know, Lester Grelfish. You know, it's a comical <laughs> name. I just came up right in the moment. Yeah. Uh, tried to come up with a name that had a comical sound to it. So that Lester Grelfish, that's... Yeah. Especially his last name is funny. Anyway, well, Johnny Carson himself would have probably come up with that <laughs> name on a sketch. Yeah, on a sketch. Exactly. That is, it, it, thank you. That is, so this guy and this is just so our listeners know, there's no actual Lester Grellfish. This is a hypothetical person that call yeah. at eight in the evening, as you say, Yeah. that you need to be ready for. Hey, you don't know me, but I heard from a friend from a friend who heard from Tom Saunders that you're. That, that he gave you a book on Johnny Carson and I need to know X, Y, Z for this thesis that I'm writing at NYU. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And we figured you've read the book. Could you yeah. help out? Again, that could happen. And I'm going to have to scramble or vamp if that happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to stretch those 62 pages that I've read into a whole <laughs> complete book. And so I'm dreading that, but it I'll do. But then again, Tommy, nothing worse though, as you said, <laughs> if the CDC called, at three yeah. in the morning, where at wit's end, how do we save mankind? Yeah, go. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks for calling. Yeah, I didn't start it yet. I got it. I'm, <laughs> I'm finishing up the Johnny Carson book, and then the headline the next day: "Mankind Not Saved Because Blakeman's Still Reading Johnny Carson Book." I mean, you know, oh, I, how do you live that down? Size. I mean, they're all going to blame me. That's going to yeah. be it. like you know, yeah. why weren't you reading 
the great uh, influenza. So, yeah. you know, That's... I think we've, yeah. So anyway, but tell me, I have to just tell yeah. you this book and seven pages. Well, that could be considered boasting, but uh, I, I, but I've learned things already. You know, this is something in 1918 and prior to 1900, the American medical system, medical system, which today is the finest in the world. And I thought it always was the finest in the world. It was the worst in the developed world. One medical school, only one required a college degree to get in. And the others didn't even require a high school diploma. They didn't even <laughs> work on bodies. I mean, it was incredible. And universities were harder to get into than medical school, which means in like 1890, if you're at a bar and you know, no one's ever gonna say to this guy, oh my God, he's a doctor. Right, Scotty. It was like lobster in the old days <laughs> was considered a, a not a good food. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, 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 the doctor was is the equivalent of of serving somebody lobster oh, in a time lobster. when lobster and, was and thought to be gross and disgusting. Yeah. Well, Scotty, I, I, uh, I think you're very that's that you've uncovered something so astonishing. Uh, uh, there's too many things to drill down with one drill. We're going to have to erect several drills. It's going to look like the the, the Midland area of, of West Texas. Um, Scotty, I think what you're saying, and I, th well, actually, I know what you're saying. You're saying in, 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 if you're in a bar in 19th century, no one's going to be impressed. Listen, this is at a time when, when doctors were often nicknamed sawbones, Scotty. <laughs> think about that. Now, imagine, Scotty, imagine a world, and apparently you have imagined this world, and that's why I'm imagining it. Yes. A world where where women would end a date early if they found out the man who had seemed so handsome and charming and erudite admitted after much hemming and hawing that he was a doctor, Scotty. <laughs> At a time, the doctors would, I, I, I can imagine doctors would lie and say that they were buggy builders or back, blacksmiths. Yes, well, I, I can imagine that happening. Scotty. Yeah, remember the old Westerns, uh, you know, it wasn't like doc something, but it was never really that, Respect. No, really know always an doing. alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, like kind of dog. All oh, right, and he had leech whatever he had, but he wasn't yeah. the dashing. He wasn't the lead. He was a character actor. That's the key. Now doctors look leads. You know all the scrubs. Yeah. Oh, and, that's interesting. And, and, and uh, right. Grey's Anatomy. They're the handsome leading men. The Patrick Dempsey's. Mm -hmm. Then tell me, character actors. You know, character actors. You know yeah. that's what a doctor was. Oh, doc. Well, I don't know that, that much about politics, but give me your arm. I'll saw it off for you. That's, that's what a doctor sounded like. Well, that. and that's what they did. They just sawed yeah. things off. Well, that's, that's what that. the medical profession taught them to talk like, well, I'll, I'll just slap some alcohol on it and pray for the best. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they speak. would tell it. They would train them to talk that way in, in, in the 1890s. They, that changed. Yeah, you no, know, then, they, then it became Harvard discouraging. The then it was like, oh, uh, I think what you have here is a presents, you know, they divorced yes. them, you're right. Well, also because they really did so little doctors, they weren't trained, and they just had a, yeah, I guess what we got here is, and they didn't know what they were doing, because they literally no. didn't work on bodies. It was just a, incredible. I was shocked to read that. I always thought medical schools were always uh, hard to get into, but it was that. So the beginning in this book in 1918, there were, it was a handful of doctors that literally changed the medical profession, created medical scientists where heretofore they didn't exist. And thankfully, there was a guy, Paul Lewis and others who they relied on to really uh, figure this. But wow. either way, the same thing now. We have the Dr. Fauci's, but it's uh, and there are many, many other qualified doctors. But the ones we hear about, it's sort of a small circle. So um, 
But well, okay. Well, that you're, you're making some uh, several extremely erudite points here, um, and, and and I want to uh, uh, back up a bit and just talk about uh, women uh, and 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 their regard for men who were doctors in the yeah. in, in the uh, 19th century. And I, <clears throat> before we get all the the email and the death threats, uh, <laughs> I, I want to point out that there are more women in the medical profession now than men. Yes, and that women, so, yes. There are more women in medical school. There are more women who are becoming doctors. So, uh, so that raises the interesting uh, notion that a woman might be a saw, sawbones. Now, Scotty, I'm going to tell you a story. And hopefully, and you, you, you talked about like in, in Saturday Evening Post and Collier's Magazine would say, this is how long the article is going to take. Or the story. Yeah. They, they printed a lot of yeah. fiction as well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this, this story will take one minute and 10 seconds to tell. Okay. All right. That's my pledge. If I go over, then we're screwed. Okay. Well, and again, I applaud you for doing that. We're just picking up something that the great magazines that are now defunct did, and we think there's a place for it on these podcasts. Right. That's right. And <laughs> we're doing a lot of that sort of, and, and, and we may even have a fiction section at some point. We'll yeah. see. But, uh, but I, I do. Uh, okay. So here's the story. It begins now. So set your watches now. Yeah. Uh, when I came out, I came out here uh, in or. A while ago, uh, uh, many, many years ago, in 2000 something. And um, uh, actually now around 1990, sorry, around 1990. And at that time, a friend came out here to visit and we were hanging around Hollywood because he lives in Boston. And so we just wanted to hang out and see touristy stuff. And as yeah. listeners know, Scotty and I are not afraid to be tourists. We love tourism yeah. and we love being tourists. And we think that's a way. How am I doing as far as the time goes? Oh, I think you're at, right at now. It's uh, just, it was, that was just about uh, 40 seconds, 48 seconds. <laughs> okay, good. I still have some. Yeah. All right. So uh, we decided, well, what do we want to do? And there are all these people outside at Grauman's Chinese Theater that are trying to get you to go to TV shows, right? Yeah. Would you like t tickets to go to a TV show? And you go, oh, okay, let's do that. That's just crazy. And it's happening right now. Come on. And they take you over across the street to this the, the Hotel Roosevelt, I think it was. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. And uh, and inside, it wasn't a TV show. It was that you watch TV and you're a bunch of people and you were in a test group. Oh, yes. Yeah, focus group. Uh, yeah, yeah. A focus group. Yeah. Where they're watching you. Be and I've been on the other side of the of the two-way mirror, by the way, and, and watched focus groups focus on my shows so mm. but I, I hadn't done that yet I hadn't really gotten into TV at that point quite like I would and and so uh, I was rather resentful that this wasn't an actual show but it was a focus group and and the show was uh, a, a, a show that I thought and I think my friend agreed was horrible mm. the show was uh, oh god now, what's the name of her name? Medicine Woman. Some, some, well, that uh, was the, wasn't that was the Jane was Seymour top liner. Uh, yes, it? Jane Seymour as the uh, uh, it was her. I'm I'm poorly prepared for this anecdote, Scotty. So it may I may be running over a minute and ten seconds. And let me just say, please, kids, don't be like me. If you're going to tell an anecdote, research it carefully beforehand, 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to say this anecdote. I'll be honest with you. This is totally improvised. But it was Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Oh, that's, yes. Well, actually, Rand was quite a success. Uh, and it was a success. Yeah. That's the, that's P.S. That's the P.S. part of this anecdote. P.S. It was Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. And she was a doctor. Success. Uh, he played a doctor. And, and the point was, she was a female yeah. doctor back when doctors weren't respected. Well, that's almost unheard of. I don't even, I may have been fanciful because literally, I don't think women, well, actually, women weren't allowed into medical school. So I'd like to, I want to revisit Dr. Quinn Medical. Uh, yeah, medical how did they, together. they weren't allowed in medical school. Yeah. So, Scotty, uh, uh, how did we come as far as the minute and 10 seconds? Like, did I? Uh, well, close. It was uh, three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Now, thankfully, I'm not at a comedy club and the MC and flashing the yeah. light and the owner. Uh, Bud, Bud Friedman once uh, cut my mic off when I was doing an open mic at the improv. Right. Oh, Bud Friedman. Oh, my God. That's outrageous. Bud Friedman, the owner of a place called the Improv. It uh, was a big club yes. many and years a nice, ago. In, uh, in you know, actually, what he did was, I'd be, to be fair, and he's a, a good guy and uh, all that. Uh -huh. But actually, what he did was, as I got close to the end of my five minutes, he put the mic next to a timer so you hear the tick, 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 tick. So that's what happened. He didn't cut the mic, but it was just the ticking. Oh, that's timer. kind of, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a more comical. A little unsettling, but uh, it was a nice experience. But it's upset, unsettling. And yeah, I would later it's a nice experience, so it turned yeah. out to be a nice experience. Well, years later, I would go back and it was nice. I mean, I did even the improv, so I didn't let it get to me. I just uh, accepted oh, it I for- Oh, so you forgave him over accepted the it for paying your dues. But by the way, uh, they would say pay your dues, and I haven't gotten any, you know, bills at all. Because uh, they say you got to pay oh, your really? dues. Oh, really? Did you change? Did you? Was there a change I of think, address? There was a change of address, and I think it was supposed to be forwarded. And I never got it. So that's yeah. now I'm afraid. That's I'm interesting. Get, well, you know, so you're not even sure if you, you. I mean, if you haven't paid your dues, it's not your fault. You you, you never yeah. got the bill. Yeah, well, and the collection agency called like yeah. they haven't paid your dues. So I'm yep. afraid though, like in a year or so, what if I get a bill for like 1.5 million and yeah. he's paying you? I said, well, I paid my dues. I didn't get any and no, I would have paid well, them when it was less, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's cheaper when you're starting right. out. Obviously the dues are like a dollar. Right. Exactly. Know? And that, yeah. that's, that's, that, that, and that was true back in B.B. King's days when yeah. he, he wrote and sang the famous song, I really paid my dues, you know, to sing the blues. Well, yeah, yeah he paid his dues. That was back when it was a dollar. Right. Otherwise, he wouldn't be singing a great a was, year. Yeah, a year. And that was the fun imagine? thing. Yeah, if he had to pay to, a million to be dollars. A blues singer, it was a dollar yeah. a year. Yeah, and that's why he did a song about it. He would be so angry if it was more money, he wouldn't have done the song. So that's the key. You want to keep your dues low. Yes. Uh, pay them, but keep it very low. And but tell me what's remarkable. We've exposed maybe a shocking fallacy uh, in in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, which. Uh, again, we dismissed as a show that probably wasn't that interesting. But oh, I hated it. If she I hated presented, it. and she was probably presented, she's a marvelous actress, a beautiful woman, Jane Seymour. She probably was a great doctor and very helpful. But how did she? Maybe she went to the one school. I don't think any schools admitted women. So this is no, a, unless it was in 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 Switzerland or something like that. Uh, she came from somewhere else. Uh, yeah, you know. But fascinating. I never I mean, thought I'd be revisiting. Or no, watching for the first time that show, but well, um, exactly, and, yeah. and and that whole thing. And two, here's the other thing: Do you think a woman, because we were talking about uh, how being a doctor in the 19th century was just not you? You weren't a uh, you weren't a babe magnet. You weren't a date uh, a date um, date king. Oh no, no, it wasn't like oh, I got to marry a doctor. Which not I'm not yeah. saying women do that anymore. It's but like, it's who is he? So who would you yeah. marry? 
and he's a doctor. But he's a really nice person, you know. Why are you messing with these doctors for? They're like, yeah, which doctor? They don't. Yeah, there was no yeah. uh, premium placed on it. You know, Tommy, I want to say too, just to further ingratiate yes. ourselves with the women listening. Uh, mm-hmm. I go out of my way. And I'm going to be preparing again to go to like regular checkups again, and while the infection rate is low, I figure I jump in. Uh, but I uh, always, generally, always generally. Now that's uh, mm-hmm. a little of an issue there, but mm-hmm. I try to get all it's more than just sometimes generally yeah right so it's it's commenting on the generally but it's still not no i got got you i think our our listeners get the idea that this is something you do frequently frequently and i try to get women doctors and i I seek them out when i do the search engine oh you mean for my own personals i go i pick gender female i mean look if i'm going to pick doctors i don't they're both great so why not have Mm -hmm. a woman so I have done that on many occasions, not, you know, across the board, but uh, right. probably and, a urologist, you should probably stick with a guy. But, I, you know, I don't know. Who's to say? And I don't yeah, who's be, to say? Who's yeah, to I don't say? want to be I, saying, I will say, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean I, 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 I'm, I'm impressed with that, Scotty. Yeah. Um, the, what you've done for women in medicine may have helped tip the scales as to why there are more women in medicine now than men and more women uh, 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 in the becoming doctors than men well that's and, what trying and, to and do yeah. so my my point is there an award for some a, a man uh, uh who helps women and is a is a again we talk about that award in israel yeah um the the, the um it's sort of like a, a a a good man award or something like that it's something like that yeah somebody who uh, is there a special recognition? Will you have an evening where you fill up all of Alice Tully Hall and uh, <laughs> you're dressed up and, yeah. and women are dressed up, many women and, and uh, 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 who are the absolute, you know, just the, the bright lights of the feminist movement and who, and who are saying this is a night where we honor men who have honored women. Well, I hope so. And by the way, Tom, I will say once this is all over, I think people are going to be dressed up all the time because they're so they'll be so anxious. I think black tie will be de rigueur for anything. Going to the Met game, alrighty. I got we got to press my tux, and it's going to oh, be interesting. Era, a very, but I do wish that the only dilemma, Tommy, is that, and, and I'm not saying, yeah, give me the word, I deserve it. No, I'm thankful for helping women. No, I know that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, yeah. You are not doing it for this. That you you do this. No, there's no certainty that there will. This will result you going, you making sure that doctors are always women. You know, I mean, you're, you're just doing your bit. Uh, exactly. Uh, uh, and I you're, do you're worry. Not, you're not doing yeah. it for that big, huge, you know, to get the big award of, of the, 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 the person who has helped women uh, uh, in medicine. And uh, uh, you, I believe you should have that. I would love to. And I hope I can attend it, too. And oh, I yeah, would absolutely. dress up. I well, I've started getting that tux ready. The problem is, Tommy, though, and again, I accept the award. You know why? Because then I could have a platform to get more people to choose women doctors. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. the problem is, okay, there's the a, uh, American Medical Association. There's a Planned Parenthood. There's women's groups. But how do you get them together? That's my uh, and you know concern. Can it be a, a mixture of Planned Parenthood and the American Medical Association or other groups? Or can there be an association directly involved, uh, directed at people like me who uh, support women doctors and choose who, who, for all my yeah needs. men who men who support it's like Doctors Without Borders men who support 
who only go to women doctors. And I can just yeah. see the I, I'm get just like I get the doctors without borders envelope trying to you know wanting me to contribute. I can just see the getting the getting the uh, letters to please contribute to men who go to women doctors, something yeah, like that. And then the French version would be you know long right. key. <laughs> They a lot something. Om de medicine, yeah, uh, feminine. Yeah, I know like the that. medicine part because I, you yeah. know, I, I, uh, I do love. By the way, Doctors Borders, I think is my favorite organization. I mean, that's like the ultimate. That's just, you know, they go to all these difficult places right. and and their targets, and so uh, they're they're great. And again, they didn't exist in 1900. Uh, no. Doctors in America, at least, were you know Europe was all the rage. Were the doctors. Well, you know, people, you know, there'd be signs, no doctors allowed, you know, that yeah, on, well, on the storefront. There's like no, no actors back in the early days of, of <laughs> L.A. Uh, in, the, in the early 1920s. No actors, you know, uh -oh. uh, 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 they didn't want, uh, you know, to rent. Uh, to, oh, yeah. Wow. They, yeah. Well, that probably was true. A, a doctor in those days would would be looking for, you know, lodging and no doctors. Uh, and. And in the 19th century, now Doctors Without Borders, well, who wouldn't want that? World, I mean, really. you'd go out of your way to help. And by the way, Tommy, we're going to talk about this more on subsequent episodes. But my apartment saga continues. Well, apparently, no comedians wanted at the Normandy Court apartments because I was rejected uh, here in a time where everyone's fleeing New York, and I'm saying I want to live in Manhattan. They said no. Is it because I'm a comedian, a podcast co-host, uh, political commentator? I don't know, Tommy. We this is all hot off the press. Only our yeah, we're knows. still trying to yeah. drill down on this. Yeah. It's shocking. I think uh, nobody saw that coming. Um, certainly, uh, there is there are problems in the New York realty uh, world. Uh, it, it sounds to me like there's a there's a, a problem of delusion. Yep. They are not facing the reality, the current, rea the new reality. They're yep, not, yeah, they're wedded to uh, these bureaucratic uh, things from another era like February. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but Tommy. No, it's absolutely, it's the new rules, the new, again, I, I, I'm still shocked that they didn't send a car for you. And, and I would have recommended that they roll out the red carpet for you to just to get into the car yeah. to drive there and then roll out another red carpet once you got there. That's what I was going to well, say. Well, so, the double red carpet or the, the double, double red, red carpet treatment. Yeah, and also to alert, alert the media. I mean, why not? And alert the this media, This is where they obviously. go. He He's moving to Manhattan. Where to does Manhattan. he go? To Normandy yeah. Court. Over here, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Blakeman, over here. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Blakeman, how do you feel about You're the one person who's moved into Manhattan, Mr. Blakeman. <laughs> Uh, 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 do you feel special? Do you are, are you afraid? You know, all, all, that should have happened. Those well, and you know what I was should have been hurled at you. Exactly. And you know what I would say? They said, "You think you're special?" And then I'm, I'm first. I'm being whisked up almost to the elevator. But I stop then, and I turn to the crowd, <laughs> and I say, "No, I'm not special. You know what's special? New York City." Ooh, I get a tear. In my oh, face. Big oh my thing. god! And, and we cut. Cheers. And we go we right into New York cheers. We we cue New York, New York, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. Cue so New that, York, New York. That, and the Scotty, leasing, what? Yeah, I yeah. just see it in the leasing office beaming, oh looking at me, going, yeah, ooh, cheering, and the thumbs up. That's <laughs> what, and and people think we're kidding. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I deserve, and not that's me or anyone. Anyone who would, if you chose to, that's what, yeah. So, but instead, they go, I don't think you meet the financials, uh, fifty percent yes. uh, of the rent, and so please move on, and we'll just keep these apartments vacant. Mm -hmm. We prefer that. 
So, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I get no money. So what you're saying, I think, just to, to sort of um, uh, sort of mash that in with what we were talking about, um, comedians of of the of the 21st century are the doctors of the 20 of the 19th century. Yeah, exactly. And that right. And, so that well, in the next century, everybody will be, you know, I mean, it'll be so it made well, the different years were treated like that. I mean, we of course, the doctors of the 19th century weren't skilled. The comedians of the 21st century are quite skilled, but we're not oh, in high regard in the respect that we deserve that doctors later would get in the 20th century. Uh, Thank you for that the nuance. The com- yeah, right. they didn't deserve the respect in the 19th century because no. they really were not trained. I mean, they deserve to be treated nicely as a person, but uh, they really didn't know what they were doing. But now they do, and they're wonderful. And and, yep. we, and But the bottom line is, Tom, as we move on, I'm reading Great Influenza. We'll be referring to it because it's fascinating looking back on what they did, what we would have done if we yes. were doing a podcast or the equivalent in 1918. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be hearing more about that in upcoming episodes. I, <laughs> I think well. if you're a betting man, I would put your money on that. I really would. And yeah. uh, what an exhilarating day, Tom. Yep. The, uh, and uh, so much to talk about. We literally could do a three-hour show today out of Nathan's Hot Dog. But we're going to save that for tomorrow uh, yeah. and, and other days. L- and love folks, to hear about that. Oh, I well, think. That, that's not yeah, a 30 teasing that up or a minute yep. 10 story. That's a whole series, 10-part series. Yep. And uh, that's upcoming. So until tomorrow, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. And I'm always going to be Tom Saunders. We're getting through this.